0: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In The Ring with Acacia Coleman. It is full on two-year-old sale season. We are right in the midst of it. The OBS March two-year-old sale will kick things off. The Bree Show has already taken place and, of course, the sale coming up this week. And we want to say a huge thank you to our partners at OBS Sales for support of this show. OBS sells more two-year-olds than any other sales company in the world. The March sale has 833 cataloged this year, and there's really something for everyone, a diverse group at all price points. In the March sale, in the past, we've seen 300 stakes winners since 2018, 67% of those on dirt. The OBS two-year-old sales combined account for 14% of the graded stakes placings, finishing one, two, three, since 2018. On the website, you can find a horse's pedigree, under tack video, and walking video. A two-year-old buyer is not only buying the horse's potential, but also the expertise of the horsemen that prepare these horses for their future. OBS is truly an international, marketplace. We have seen horses purchased by buyers from 49 of the 50 United States, Korea, Japan, the Middle East, Hong Kong, Singapore, and Europe. Check out the OBS calendar. The March sale coming up March 20th to 22nd. The April sale will follow April 25th to 28th with that under tax show being March 16th to 22nd. And then the June sale from June 13th, to 15th. A big thank you to OBS for the support of In The Ring. And uh, again, we'll be talking a lot about the OBS March sale, especially on this show with the sale itself coming right up. So hope you enjoy. We'll get a little bit of a tease of what's coming up with the sale and also get a chance to talk to one of the sales top consigners really have two-year-olds in everywhere. Um, And both are actually repeat guests on the show. So nice to have some friendly faces back and check in with them and see what they've been up to as well. As always, thanks for joining me. We'll get right into it on In The Ring. So happy to welcome back to this show uh, the marketing coordinator coordinator for OBS Sales, Wes Peterson, here with me again. And Wes is always my my go to person whenever I need to get in contact with somebody. He's uh, just the best. So Wes, I know it's been such a busy week. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to join the show again today.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, I Appreciate being on the show as always.
0: And as I mentioned, it is that time of year with the two-year-old sales on the Breeze Show in the books for the OBS March sale. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the highlights from the Breeze Show?
1: Yeah, you know, with the OBS March sale being the first two-year-old sale of the season, it really sets the tone for the market, which is really exciting for us. Uh, the two-year-old and training sales are a huge part of the thoroughbred economy now. And we had so many entries for the March sale this year that we decided to expand the sale to four under-tax sessions and three sale days, which tells us that people really want to bring their early horses to OBS. So we're really excited about that. And it's a great time for people to see some of the first season sires uh, that have horses Mm -hmm. represented at the sale go across the track. And, you know, a lot of those stallion operations like to promote some of their young stallions. And there was a lot of really high-powered horses that had uh, good progeny represent themselves well on the track this past week.
0: You mentioned the OBS March sale is a little bit longer than it has been in the past. And with kind of the two-year-old sales calendar changing a little bit this year, that has given the opportunity for consigners to sell a few more of their horses, as you said, a lot of the early ones in March. And I know it has been a real benefit for those in particular that are based right in Ocala.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of really high quality training operations in the Ocala area. And we're just really fortunate that people want to bring their best horses here and, you know, those early horses and we have a brand that people trust and buyers come from all over the world to shop at OBS. Uh, We did some analysis of two year old sale graduates over the past five years uh, just to see how they performed in big races during their career. And we found that the OBS March sale produces the highest percentage of graded stakes horses on dirt of any other two year old sale in the calendar which is really exciting for us. You know, we have a lot of international clients that come in town just for the sale, and it shows us the appeal of the product that our sellers and consigners bring to market here, and we're really fortunate to enjoy that.
0: I thought that stat was so interesting, too, because, of course, as, as many people know, OBS has the brief show take place on a synthetic track, and yet we've seen so many of those horses go on to be successful on all the surfaces uh, that we race on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that track is, is really consistent and really fair. We have a lot of horses go across it every season and people are, are really, really excited that it's, it's been so, so, like I said, very safe and consistent. And yeah, we have a lot of, a lot of horses that we sell here and um, <laughs> we produce a lot of, a lot of horses, just graduates all over the world, whether it's on turf or synthetic or dirt, you know, in Asia or in Europe or here in this North America, we have graduates that really perform uh, on all levels all
2: over the world.
0: For those who maybe have not been to a two-year-old sale before and seeing The Breeze Show, can you talk to us a little bit about how it takes place and uh, what the energy is like there? Because I know there's, of course, some tension from the consigners hoping that their horses are going to breeze well.
1: Yes, very perceptive. Uh, it's uh, The Breeze <laughs> Show is a really uh, interesting aspect of, of thoroughbred sales in general. Obviously, working for a sales company, I, I really enjoy the auction process. And it's obviously very different compared to a yearling sale or a mixed sale because you have the added um, aspect of the Bree show, which, mm-hmm. which is, it's a lot logistically for the consigners to get their horses prepared over the track, come in early, you know, a few weeks early to train over the track, get set up for the, the Bree show and doing different sets and which horses to choose to go first. And um, it's a, there's a lot that goes into it. And yes, there's some nervous energy, but it's always really exciting for us when, you know, the first horse goes and then they just keep coming for – 4 days straight in March, 7 days of of straight of breezing in April and probably 5 or 6 days of breezing in June. So we get a lot of data, a lot of a lot of excitement, a lot of feedback from uh consigners and buyers and sellers and there's a there's a lot that goes into it for us but we're really excited to to have call it home and have a great track here to do it with.
0: You alluded to some of the new stallions, and that's always the excitement, I think, that we see, particularly with the two-year-olds, because it's our first opportunity to see how these young horses uh, buy stallions who are really kind of fresh in people's minds that were just on the racetrack and how their progeny are performing. And that always seems to garner a lot of buzz with these sales, especially early on.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of high-power uh, high, high power operations that have a lot of representation here. Spendthrift is represented by a great class, including Maximus Mischief, Matoli, mm-hmm. Omaha Beach, and Vino Rosso. You know, those are some horses that had some pretty incredible careers. Uh, Darby Dan is represented by Copper Bullet, Flame Away, and Leo Frick. Audible and Yoshida from Windstar. Catholic Boy and DeMarchellier from Claiborne. Uh, the list goes on and on. And, of course, the full brother to American Pharaoh, uh, having St. Patrick's debut yesterday, uh, St. Patrick's Day here at Journeyman Stud in Ocala. So there's a ton of really high quality stallions that are represented here and always really exciting, like you said, to kind of see those horses that were just yearlings a couple months ago and now they're on the track and going really fast. It's pretty fun for for everybody to see, for the whole industry to kind of keep in, keep watch on.
0: And we've also seen um, the the sale be really productive as far as horses on the track. I I was reading that the March sales produced 35 equine millionaires, um, which is really cool. And some that are still active, including as we're recording this on Saturday, in just a little bit, we're going to see Last Samurai in the Essex at Oaklawn. And he seems to be kind of this ageless wonder. And it has to be really exciting for the whole team to follow those horses after they've gone through the OBS sales ring.
1: Yes, and it's funny you bring that up because we'll have internal meetings about, you know, okay, what angle do we want to take for promoting this particular sale or two-year-old season in general, and we look back at these stats, like I mentioned about, you know, graduates and graded stakes races, but then we see these these millionaire stats, and we're like, wow, that horse is still running. That's incredible. You almost forget how many great horses come out of this sale, and it's kind of got that reputation of of horses that do well at, high, at the highest level and they, they run on for years and years, which is really rewarding for us to, you know, the goal for everyone here is to sell a good product for a good price and to have those horses reward their owners and or their new owners and their buyers mm-hmm. for a long period of time is just, that's what it's all about for us.
0: The OBS name is obviously one that has a lot of history and a lot of respect associated with it within the industry. But what do you think is some of the great appeal for buyers and sellers to come to the OBS two-year-old sales, particularly kicking things off here in March?
1: I, I have to give credit to the owners and sellers uh, that bring that want to sell horses here at OBS, and obviously mm-hmm. the consigners, you know, whether they're based in Ocala or not, them choosing to bring the highest quality horses that they have to offer to obs and trust us with their horses at the at the sales in the barns at the breeze show you know on the track obviously with the sales process and, and the sales ring i have to credit uh, our clients that that trust us with that whole process to, for our, uh, us being so successful because we sell a lot of horses predominantly two-year-olds and it's like i said it's, i have to give credit to the all the clients for that
0: What do you think are some of the things that uh, you hope OBS wants to continue to do within the industry as you're part of the marketing team and wanting to to market all the success? But of course, as with anything, I know that there's always continued growth going on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Something we're really focusing on is expanding our reach to our international audience. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of horses that go overseas. Like I said, in this past year, we've had horses win all over the world. And that's really exciting for us. But that's the message that we want other people to know about as well Uh, not just buyers and sellers to bring those good horses here but also end users and principal owners that are going to come shop at OBS we want them to come find a horse that they can take to go win the Dubai World Cup or you know go to uh, Australia and win a great one like it's it's a pretty exciting prospect for us to have those results and we want to make sure that everyone else is aware that you can come here and you can get a really great horse that you can take anywhere in the world and win at the highest level.
0: And it looks like this year too, there could be some real fireworks. There's some really strong pedigrees and there were some very quick breezes. I saw a couple, um, nine and threes in there. And also on this episode will be Jimbo, Jimbo Gladwell from Topline line sales. And they had a good magic go nine and three. And, uh, that has to always be some real excitement leading into what you might see happen in the sales ring.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. I I have to tell myself that before I started at OBS, I had never seen a horse work nine and three. And I think no. the first time I saw it was last year and I was just stunned. I didn't even know it was possible. So it's always really exciting because, as you know, we have thousands of horses breeze across that track every year and we're watching the clock for every single one of them and uh, it's always really exciting when you can see one go that quick. And uh, Jimbo and his team do an incredible job uh, training and and selling horses here at OBS. And now we're really glad to have him be part of our team. But um, yeah, it's a a great, very exciting time of year here, uh, kicking off two-year-old season here at OBS and can't wait to get it started.
0: For those that are not there on the sales grounds, but want to keep track of what's happening and follow the future stars, how can people keep an eye on all of the action that's going to be taking place at the March sale?
1: First step would be to come to our website, OBSsales.com and follow all our social channels. We've got online bidding. Uh, the website is constantly updated with you know, breeze information, anything that's happening on the grounds, obviously sales information. And um, yeah, that's the best best advice I can get you guys. Come, <laughs> come check it out, watch the live stream and uh, hope everyone can, if you can't be here, check it out on our website
0: so excited um i'll be heading there tomorrow myself Uh, Wes. wishing you and the whole team the best of luck with the upcoming sale thank you so much as always for taking the time
1: thanks akashi we'll see you here
0: so happy to welcome back into the show jimbo gladwell of topline sales and jimbo you were just telling me it's been two years since i've had you on so i guess a a big welcome back to in the ring
2: time flies when you're having fun
0: <laughs> for a lot, sure a since then. Uh, that is for sure you guys have been very busy um you and your wife dory of course running at top line sales um getting ready of course for it, the march sale coming up um Bree show in the books and you guys had some real fireworks i think um there's been a lot to talk too about that good magic cult that went nine and three what a fast work
2: That colt's unbelievable. You know, he he showed extreme speed on the farm, a lot of talent, and uh, he just does it so easy. And we were, you know, you never think they're going to go nine and three. We were very excited and hoping he goes nine and four. But when you do have one like he was the first nine and three of the sale, so like Mm -hmm. you're one up on everybody, and it's just the feels like you're uh you're I don't know it it it, (laughs) I don't even know how to put that into words what it feels like when you've got the fastest horse in the sale it's just unbelievable
0: there's so much work that goes into it before you even get to that point um with them breezing at the sale the way that you start them the way that you bring them along all the care and training that you've put into it how rewarding is it to see them deliver on that uh, track at OBS
2: you know it's it's very rewarding it's a it's a big team effort and a lot you know our buying team put so much effort into buying these horses and and they put together the best group of horses we can and and that's the building block of of what you're seeing now and then you add on you know the grooms on the farm and the riders that you know get them ready and get them you know the they're just like a coiled spring that's ready to snap and the breeze rider gets on them and and kind of fine tunes them and away they go but it's uh you know it, it, the whole team is excited it's not just you yeah. know us it's rewarding for everybody. I mean, my riders take immense, immense uh, joy and uh, the little respect from everybody when they can walk around, you know, and say that was their horse that they rode all year and uh, just, uh, you know, it's a big, big deal for them guys
0: and sticking on on that horse and i saw you actually have two good magics in the sale for a horse like that that breezes well plus you see by a relatively new stallion that's had a really really strong start that has to be really exciting when you see kind of the younger stallions that you guys have represented have been doing their thing out on the racetrack and doing it well
2: you know that that horse has been off to a great start, and and we didn't have any in our barn last year. So mm-hmm. he kind of flew under the radar for me. And, and when he started winning all these baby races, and you know, we kind of started paying attention and he he went a couple stakes and then we ended up buying a couple in September. and, and he hadn't really caught on yet. but the day we bought the first good magic was the day he won the stake at the one of his offspring win the stake at Churchill. And mm-hmm. that was kind of the jump start of good magic just going to the moon. I mean, he, he's had such a good fall. Um, and when you've got a couple of good ones by him, man, mm-hmm. we're rooting for him and just, they just kept winning. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun when you know you're riding a hot stallion and you've got a couple fast ones coming into the sale. It's, it's extremely exciting.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about the process for you all with buying horses, as you mentioned, ones that you plan to sell at the two-year-old sales in the spring?
2: Um, you know, we start out. We split up. I mean, just let's go through a day at Keeneland. So mm-hmm. we we get up. My mom will send out a text of of what barns we're all doing. She's the big organizer of the family, <laughs> and uh, you know she's instrumental in getting us, you know, to make sure we're all coordinated. So mm-hmm. we we get our barns. We go through them, and by like nine o'clock in the morning, we text each other in a group text all the short list. So by uh, noon, we've already got the short list done, and we've went back through that day's horses. And we'll walk back through and look at the short list and come up with a vet list from there. And as long as it's kind of a consensus, it's there there be five or six of us walking around together looking at the short list. And once we, you know, pull a horse out, we take a look at it, we you know critique it, talk amongst ourselves, and see it goes on the vet list or you know if it's if it's a couple of us don't like it, we just move on. It's not worth having one horse in the barn that that one of us really didn't want Mm. and uh everybody it's been a really good uh routine for us and and as long as we all agree it is usually a no-brainer
0: your whole family is so involved in the business too, and you all are so sharp. And it is amazing to see how you've kind of created such this uh, this dynasty, if you will, with the Gladwell family. And I uh, had your sister Nellie and her husband Chetley on the show a couple weeks ago, and of course, I've gotten to know your parents really well too. Um, it, it just seems like it's in the your all blood right through from the very beginning.
2: Well, I, I've said it before. This this business is a lifestyle, and mm-hmm. and you're married to a a horse trainer, and you realize <laughs> it's like a traveling circus. I mean, we, oh, we yeah. pack everything up and you move on to the next one, and and if you're not invested in it and and really love it, it it's it's not for you because I mean most people aren't seven day a week people. It mm-hmm. you know I, I envy my friends sometimes that that get weekends off and they're you know they're doing nothing on a Saturday mm-hmm. where. We're breezing horses and, you know, going back and checking legs and, and doing a lot of different things. Sundays, you you got to go to the barn for just maybe an hour. You don't have to go all day, but you're still getting up and, and taking care of them. Um, so it's it, it's a lifestyle and and you got to be in it for sure. It's, it's definitely in our blood. We we grew up. I mean, I, I can remember back. In, we used to always go to the July sale as kids. Because it wasn't during the school season. So my dad and mom would, would make me and my brother go out. They'd pick a barn and send us to shortlist. Now, I'm not talking about 10, 12 year olds. We're six, seven, eight year olds looking at horses. And I can remember walking up to, I think it was Eaton and walked up and it was like four o'clock in the afternoon and said, I need to, I, I've got to look at an all show. And, uh, or maybe it wasn't all show. It was maybe the shortlist my mom had sent me ahead to uh, pull out four five four because we were running at the end of the day and uh they looked at me they're like ah we're closed down kid we're not showing and uh I said okay so here comes my mom and dad walking up and they oh Mr. Gladwell you know what do we need and uh I said nope they're not showing we're leaving let's go and they said, "No, no 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 we're showing we're we we're sorry we you know didn't didn't get didn't get the memo uh um, we're good we'll show you whatever you want to see so you know we've been like seven years old and and he'd make us when we do the shortlist it was always important for them to go back and look at our shortlist and us Mm -hmm. be there present when we look at them for them to critique what we looked at and you know tell us whether we did a good job or a bad job and uh you know it escalated from there um when i figured out i really wanted to do this my dad was working for darley and Mm -hmm. uh the the two sales overlapped, so he come up with the idea that, that uh told john ferguson hey, my boys can fly out to Barrett's and watch horses train, and, and they'll have a list for us when we get there, so me and my brother, we were like 18, we fly out to the Barrett sale, maybe 18, 19, first couple years of college, fly out there, watch all the horses train for a week, go up to Big Bear, snow ski, snowboard, have a big time, and uh, so they they all fly in, and we give them our list, and we said, here's, you know, here's our top, five horses. And, uh, one of them was Dubai Escapade. Uh, so we didn't, we didn't get to buy her. They bought her, but, uh, she was, she was one of our top picks. And I said, you know what, Uh, this, this might be a good business for us.
0: (laughs) That's such an amazing story. And now you and your wife, Tori running the top line, um, operation and doing a, a great job with it and just seeing how your, uh, consignment has really elevated over the last few years too. I think you always had the the quality and we've seen that in the way that the horses have sold and the way that they've gone on um, on the racetrack. Um, uh, I saw, unfortunately, Arabian Night out of Derby contention, but of course he was one that at the two-year-old sale selling for $2.3 million from your consignment had a lot of buzz and then really seemed to be very exciting out on the racetrack too.
2: Oh yeah. It's, it's amazing what the consignments evolved into. You know, Carlo Vacarezza was one of the first guys to really put quality horses in our consignment Mm -hmm. that we, we sold for, for big numbers. And then, you know, we've just built off that and and he really helped us, uh, show people that we could, we could play at the top end. And, And since then we've, we've just built off of that and try to buy a better horse every year. And, uh, it's really workforce Tori, Tori does a great job with the all of it, the clients and getting all the help i mean she does 90% of it and mm-hmm. and putting good horses in front of her and getting it all put together it um it, it's really elevated
0: Going back to your group that you have coming into March this year, we talked about the good magic with that fast work, but it seems like overall you have a really strong group as well with some really good breezes and some big pedigrees too. Can you give us a quick run through of some of the ones you're especially looking forward to?
2: Yeah, no, the, uh, the shoot, Keisha, that we've got a barn. I put up. you on I mean, the spot. I'll, 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 no, I'll, I'll start with the Phillies. You know, we, we've got some exciting fillies. We've got a, a City of Light filly that we've loved all year that worked phenomenal the first day, galloped out good. This, this just been a queen. Um, we've got an Audible filly that I, I haven't really looked close, but she would have to be one of the better audibles, uh fillies in the sale for sure. I mean, she's got a monster stride, just a beautiful way of going. Uh, a lot of class to her. Uh, then, then at the end of the sale, we've got an Indomitia filly that worked really sharp and uh she looks like a rocket ship she she, you know and that sire you just get excited anytime you get close Mm -hmm. to an end of mischief much less one that has some speed so we've got we've got a deep bunch of fillies but then you go across the shed road to our colts and i mean i i can't remember having a better group of horses overall uh and that's people keep asking which one's your favorite i'm like man they you know, they're gonna run at different distances and th- there could be four or five stakes winners in this bunch. And and it's not bragging. The horses just are I mean, we spent a lot of money on them, but when you get them out on the end of the shank, I mean there's balance and there's, you know, a good, beautiful walk. And and they've, you know, they showed it on the racetrack. But you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, there's a Munnings Colt that could be any kind of horse. He's been Tory's favorite all year. And uh he worked huge uh the second day of the sale or the second day of the breeze show Uh, both of the good magics are just beautiful the 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 one that went a little slower went 10 flat but he's got the prettiest way of moving on the track and and got a huge walk um he could he could really be a serious horse next year um and then the the colt that went so fast i think he could uh, he could he could be fun at saratoga all i can think about is like hopeful You know, like, (laughs) get up there, like, that's the first big baby race that, like, everybody's shooting for, Mm -hmm. and, you know, this is the kind of horse that could go win it, Um, so it's just exciting, I mean, I ain't even mentioned, I've got a ghost sapper, that stallion's been on a tear lately, got a champion this year, and, I mean, that horse worked phenomenal, galloped out great, and looks like a serious racehorse on the end of the shank, Um, with go ahead. I know you fixed it. No, no,
0: please. But then, I, I, mean, I love just, hearing you it, go through it.
2: So then, then we go on down the, the list. I've got a freshman sire uh, of Maximus Mischief. Colt works huge. Um, he's probably one of the fastest horses in the consignment next to the, the Hoppa Colt. And he's, you know, that, that sire, I've got three of them on the farm that I just love. And, and he stands for like $5,000. Uh, or seven, I, I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but it, it's it's <laughs> cheap, and and I've got three or four that look like quality horses, and uh, that that's a really nice colt too. So I mean, it's just you, you could pick any of them and, and be right, and you could buy all of them and have a just a <laughs> you'd feel like Baffert coming into the next year's Derby with with ten of them. Where do you spread them out to? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just phenomenal to have this depth of horses in the barn, you know, it's not like we're just trying to sell one of them there. We've got a lot of nice horses and it's, it, it's fun. We, you know, I know I seen Miguel out of the training center a couple weeks ago and I yep. just so excited to get to this sale and show them off.
0: Well, we can't wait to see them and, and I loved hearing you go through them too and, and just hearing how you got more animated and excited about it too because you do see them change so much before they come into this sale and they'll obviously have a lot more development to come even from now but you'll kind of really get to see exactly what they have and, and when they prove that out on on the track um, you'll you'll get to kind of see the finished product so to speak but, but it really is the culmination this week of all of the preparation that your team has done.
2: Oh, it's, it's such a, found. you know, the big thing for us is getting a good foundation in them because mm-hmm. uh, you don't want to hurt them if you can help it. And, and that's one of the things I love about this OBS track is, you know, 90% of the horses come out of it in great shape. They just seem mm-hmm. to bounce across the, and they come back in good order. And, and that makes it easier for us to sell them um, as a product. So as an investor, it, it it really, it's important for them to be in one piece when they come back and be able to sell them if you chip if you shin buck them it makes them a lot harder to sell Mm -hmm. and uh it's it's very important to get them good and fit get a good foundation under them and just see it all culminate like you said um and and to be proud of them i mean you get them over here and these things go and and work like they're supposed to and and blow everybody away there's nothing more satisfying than than having a great work show and and showing showing your horses off
0: I wanted to go back to some of the freshman stallions you mentioned. Um I've heard a lot of buzz about Maximus Mischief and and I'm really excited to see his progeny. But it seems like even lately too, there's there's so much excitement about the freshman stallions. They they seem to become very commercial right at the beginning. And people want to see the offspring of the sources that they were just recently watching race.
2: Oh, they they love the freshman sires. Um, mm-hmm. there's I've got a couple like the Audible Philly. You know, that stallion, I loved his babies at the at yeah. the sale. We bought a couple of them. Uh there's a freshman stallion coming out of New York by so uh he's a curlin, son of curlin, and his name's Solomini. Yeah. And we've got a Philly, she's New York bred, and it, she could she worked really good over here. She's got a huge stride, probably one of the biggest strides in the sale. And you know, she looks like a real racehorse. She could be fun up there in Saratoga in the summertime running in them races it and then you switch over to maximus mischief i really like them horses i mean mm-hmm. they, they just have so much into mischief coming out all of them got a big blaze face they kind of got the same coloring <laughs> you know it's just that's kind of our business model is to target these freshman stallions because there is a lot of hype around them and it does they are easier to sell generally but uh, it was very tough to buy them this year. I'll be honest with you. We didn't get to buy near as many as we usually do.
0: Well, it's interesting too. And it it does seem like that's become kind of the big excitement. And some of them have really panned out, you know, we talked about Good Magic at the beginning too, and how he was one that maybe took a little time to get going, but really produced um, as a son of Curl. And so I'll be excited to see Solomini and his progeny on the track too. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, and this is something that I often ask consigners about, Deciding which horses belong in which sale, because it's a question I actually get quite often, and you have clearly some very fast horses that we're going to see in the March sale. Do you normally put the ones that are a little bit more early as far as their development into this particular sale?
2: Absolutely. We try to break, we we start them all the same way, and mm-hmm. we generally are pointing Some of our more expensive horses, but the ones that are doing just, they may just break out a little faster. They may get to the track two weeks before the other ones. So much of it is timing and how they, you know, how they break out and and get into their routine and start getting their fitness levels because we want them ahead of the curve and not behind. So you hate Mm -hmm. to be chasing and pushing the whole way, trying to fit them in a spot that they really don't fit. So for us, the ones that break out easier, kind of take to it, start breezing a little faster, you know, they'll do it on their own. So they'll separate themselves a little bit. There's a, there's a cold front that we put in here, which is a freshman sire that I love. Mm -hmm. He, he ducked from the stick. He, he was a little immature acting and I may shouldn't have pushed him into this spot, but I thought he was ready. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it may be a mistake, but, but he's a fast horse there's a lot of horses that will move into april that were just the only reason they're in april is I broke them a little bit later they they Sorry. may have come out of one of the october sales so they've got 30 days less time on them than some of these horses in the march sale and that's a you know four more breezes on these babies is a lifetime mm-hmm. uh, and it just makes such a big difference so i mean i tell all of my clients you want to put them in the spot that they can shine all of these sales got the same money at them Everybody's mm-hmm. shopping the same sales and you can you can get a lot of money in April, you can get a lot of money in Maryland, and you can get a lot of money in June. You just have to make your horse shine. And and when I say shine, they've got to show up and do their best. And, mm-hmm. and you have to have them at peak performance. Where if we come in here a couple works short, just as you know, if Miguel says I need to I need to get a race in one, that's usually a bad sign yeah. to bet. Yeah, for sure sometimes they're a race or two away and you still run them well that's some a lot of these people come into this sale and they're a work or two away and they still work them and they work 10 and 2 and you're not going to make a living doing that mm-hmm. so we go ahead
0: i was going to ask when do you think is kind of the point when the, the the men separate from the boys so to speak you say okay this is a horse that's really ready and he's a little bit more advanced than the other ones he's training with
2: usually they'll start separating themselves around 30 to 45 days out from the sale for me Uh, we'll we'll know just kind of how they look and how they're training if we want to point toward that like first sale that they're really aggressive and they're wanting to do a little more than you want them to but until probably 30 days before the sale I wasn't sure who's the fastest Mm -hmm. and they I still didn't have a I had a pretty good idea after we prepped them the two or three that were going to be the fastest, but uh, some of them take a few works to, to figure it out. Um, But they, they've got to start with the tools. You know, uh, you're not so many people think it's easy. Well, it it takes a really fast horse to go nine and four, 10 flat. You got, and and they've got to be focused and really trying because if you, I mean, you can take a stopwatch and, and start it and stop it as fast as you want to. And and your reflexes are probably a tick. So mm-hmm. that's I mean, it, it's a matter of snapping your finger. So if a horse swaps leads, ducks out, you're costing yourself a tick or two. Sure. And and it's just uh it's so important for them to be focused, go straight, do everything perfect to get that great time. And uh and they've got to be athletic, you know. You, a lot of people hurt slower horses trying to make them go fast.
0: Right. Well, I cannot wait to see your uh, your whole group at this this week's sale and the sales coming up too. Um you guys do such a terrific job and and have just really quality bloodstock, very fast horses. Um, really admire the work that you and your whole team do, and uh, can't wait to get a look at them over in Ocala.
2: Well, it's we're we're sure hoping for a good sale and the uh, Buyers look like they've swarmed in here from all over the world. <laughs> OBS has done a great job of getting the getting the guys in here. Uh, I've seen a lot of Japanese contingents, the Irish contingents coming in tonight. Uh, a lot of trainers coming in this weekend, I believe. But uh, it's been a very busy, busy uh, sales grounds and has a lot of buzz to it. We're we're excited. It's uh, looking like a, looking like it could be something similar last year.
0: Well, can't wait for it. Um, best of luck and thank you so much. It's nice to have you back on the show after your two-year hiatus. We'll we'll do it more frequently from now on.
2: Well, thank you for having me and uh, we'll see you in a couple days.
0: And that'll do it for another episode of In the Ring. A big thank you to my guests, Wes Peterson and Jimbo Gladwell, and especially a big thank you to OBS Sales for their support of In the Ring and wishing all the best of the everyone involved, the buyers, consigners, the whole team at OBS uh, with the upcoming March sale. I'm heading out there myself. Um, if you're coming to the sale, please come and say, hey, we'd love to get a chance to meet you. Um, I'm actually wrapping up things uh, in Aiken, South Carolina, where I had the opportunity to spend a couple days and get a chance to see the, the trials take p- place. The first leg of the Aiken Triple Crown. There were a lot of pony races, which was super fun. And I just met the nicest people in this really charming town so um really enjoyed getting a chance to experience that if you've not been to aiken and you have not experienced the trials cannot recommend them enough um so obs march the next thing coming up we'll have a chance to recap the sale on this show as well Um, as always if you anything that's of interest, let me know. I had actually some really fun suggestions after last week's show, so I'm gonna try to get a few of those individuals on and see what we can do as far as scheduling is concerned. But thanks, as always, for sending in some suggestions. Please feel free to share this episode, especially with anybody that is following along with the two-year-old sales or interested in what happens with the two-year-old sales. And uh, don't forget to check out In The Money Media, their newsletter, all the great content from my colleagues over there too. We'll see you next time on In the Ring. Thanks for joining me.